listeners, Kathy Lawless, Life Story Curator. I'm all about capturing and curating career and life stories as a meaningful way to celebrate a milestone moment like a big old birthday, anniversary, retirement, or graduation. And I'm at my best when curating photo books that move your memories from the basement or your phone or your computer to the coffee table, giving you and your family and friends access to these treasured memories for years to come. I also love curating and capturing life and career stories through this podcast series, How Did I Get Here? It's a series of interviews designed for people just starting out in their careers, people in transition or possibly feeling stuck, and giving them access to the stories of people who have been there, done that, so that they might be inspired with some new ideas or maybe just comforted knowing they are not alone, that everybody starts somewhere and everybody goes through times of transition and times when they feel stuck. Today, I am very excited to be interviewing Julie Ulstrup. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Kathy. I'm excited to be here also. And Julie is the founder and CEO of Julie Ulstrup Photography. And uh, we chatted last week. We met through a mutual friend. And uh, I want to say we became kind of fast friends. A half hour went by like that. Then it was an hour. And then we're like, you know what? Let's just get into the the real meat of it and get a podcast interview scheduled. So thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And now we're going to take a short break and hear a few words from a very happy client. Oh my gosh, if you're considering hiring Kathy Lawless to do a book for you, you need to do it. My name is Ann DuPont and I'm Chair Emeritus of a nonprofit that's been based in Denver called The Leadership Investment. And after 20 plus years of being in business, we decided we had to celebrate and commemorate all of the great work we'd done and the impact we'd had in the Denver community. So we hired Kathy Lawless and Life Story Curator to help us do exactly that. And I've got to tell you, the result has been simply outstanding. And we went into it with a little bit of fear, thinking, is this going to be too much work? Can we really take this on? And Kathy just made it absolutely painless. She was fun. She was creative. She broke the work into bite-sized pieces that we could really take hold of and get done. And she just made it a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughter along the way. And... The feedback from the members of our organization, from the staff, the community, the volunteers, has simply been outstanding. It has really done quite a remarkable job of capturing the essence of everything we achieved over 20 years. So if you're thinking about doing something like this for your organization, for your career, for your family, I would highly recommend it and I would absolutely say that Kathy Lawless and Life Story Curator is the person for you. Now, back to our story. Before we get into uh, how did I get here, I always like to start with the uh, icebreaker questions, uh, which are what area of the country or world did you grow up? And uh, tell us a little bit about the dynamic of your family. You know, how many in your family, birth order, and how do you think both of those things, the geography, and birth order shaped you as a person. Okay, well, and my family actually has quite a, a an interesting geographic history. I was born in LA uh, right before the Watts riots in South Central. I was born in South Central LA, and I lived there until I was five. I lived in the LA area until I was five, and my family settled 
the San Bernardino Valley back in the 1800s. I'm not gonna tell all of that story, <laughs> uh, but then I was, when I was five, we moved to Chicago and I grew up mostly in Chicago, in the Chicago suburbs in the Midwest. And uh, my father immigrated from Norway. So I have an immigrant father and my mom's family goes back to the Mayflower. So I have this very interesting mix of a very international family and a very American family. And I think, and, and I'm the oldest. Uh, my parents had two daughters. I've got a younger sister. So I think the, um, I don't know necessarily that my birth order, although maybe it it was, maybe it's more my personality. Um, but, but I'm really, I'm like the outgoing one. I'm the one who's very willing to try things and to take risks. And my sister, you know, watched me <laughs> screw up or get in fights with my parents or, you know, do all those things. And, um, you know, is a little more laid back. So I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's my birth order or if it is just my personality. But I think yeah. the, the other thing that's, that's even more significant is having that international we used to go visit my grandparents in Norway you know every couple of years which you know back in the day that like wasn't a thing people weren't traveling that much so um, yeah and as a young person travel like that I mean when I traveled as a young person we went to North Dakota from Colorado so that was the extent of, of my travel right <laughs> so yeah. yeah that international flavor would be uh really uh something uh and yeah and your birth order, I, I will say, I'm the, I'm the second, of a, so I'm in the middle family of three girls, and yeah, I, I'm very much the observer watching the older sister and what she did and the trouble she got into and the, the paths she forged, uh, probably on her behalf, but also on my behalf, so it does, our personalities are, are very different, but very similar in some, some halves, so yeah, very cool. So what activities and uh, did you do as a young person? Well, when I was young, I was pretty active. I liked, you know, bike riding and in junior high, I started skiing and you're going to laugh because I do when I think about it. I, I skied in Wisconsin and we would ski in a valley. It was called Alpine Valley and there were cows at the top and we would ski to the bottom. And I will tell you, Kathy, it was so cold. Always, always, always. Yeah. Cold cold skiing. I used to wear plastic bags inside my boots because it was um, just free, frigid, frigid, Midwestern frigid um, skiing growing up. But I, I've always been active. I was a swimmer and, you know, liked riding my bike around the neighborhood when I was a kid. So, yeah. Okay. So pretty active. Uh, switching gear a little bit. Um, where are you on the introvert extrovert scale or are you an ambivert? So this is very interesting. I always thought, and, and any, uh, you know, Myers-Briggs, anything I ever took, I was, you know, like a 10 on the, on the extrovert scale. And during COVID, I really, you know, had some time to reflect. And I'm like, this introverted part, like, I like this. I like just kind of hanging out. And so I think... And I think really, quite honestly, all of us are ambiverts to some extent. You know, you can't always be, I thought I was, I thought I was all the way on the east side, but you know, I have that appreciation for stillness and quiet. Yeah. Well, and I do think COVID, uh, COVID really 
forced us to be in that space. And um, whereas before we probably wouldn't have voluntarily gone to that space. No. As extreme as, as we needed no. to. So I, I'm, I was, I've been an ambivert all my life, even though I didn't know the term. And, um, but uh, now that I'm no longer like in a corporate role or out with, you know, in, you know, working every day and more of a solopreneur, I've really had to force myself into how do I get out of the house more? Cause I'm finding I'm, I am really enjoying being in the house <laughs> yeah, and being here, but I do have to get out. I have to find my people. And, 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 uh, and I think I found a better, a much better mix now after COVID than I had before COVID. I think I had too much FOMO and I was out and about doing way too much um, that wasn't really productive and it was weighing on me and it was exhausting. I agree. That's, that's the experience that I had also. Okay. So on a fun meter scale of one to five, one being couch potato and five being life of the party, where do you put yourself? I'm a five. Five life of the party. Yeah. My husband and I just got back from Tai Chi and in 2015, I started Kung Fu and uh, we have a camper van and we just signed up for Ragbri, which is a bike ride across Iowa. I am all about trying new things and having fun and like couch potato. Mm, I mean, I like potatoes, but <laughs> couch potato is not in my, it's not even part of my vernacular. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I can you're say it. it. You're about creating the party, finding the party. Let's go to a party. <laughs> yes. All of it. Okay, how about on the risk scale? Same, uh, same scale, one to five. One being low risk taker, five being a, a high risk taker. Where do you put yourself? I'm also a five. Also a five there. And it, has it been that way all your life or is it more one way or the other? Yes, it has been that way all my life. I, I think part of that is, you know, I shared that I moved when I was five, moved from, you know, my mom's entire family in Southern California and we moved to Chicago where nobody knew anybody. So my parents, you know, that was a big risk for them. And we were, you know, so yeah, I, I just think that's something also that I learned. Yeah. And being and a social starting my own business, um, I was an educator and not super far from the magic, you know, retirement number. And I was like, mm, yeah, and I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but yeah, I was like, I'm not doing that anymore. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So life of the party, risk taker, finding new things. Sounds awesome. Okay. Well, I love how those questions really will play out in your story. So it sets the stage on who you are. So um, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be the founder and CEO of Julie Ulstrup Photography. And then we'll get into how did I get here? It's the best. It's the best. This is my dream life. This, like, I am living the life of my dreams. And um, I, sometimes I get a little choked up when I think about it. And I know that it's also all of the parts of my life that brought me to this in this way. Um, but this is what I've, I've wanted to do seriously since I was in high school. And, and it's a ton of hard work. And, you know, it's like, it's like both of those things. I love it and it's so much hard work. And sometimes I go to bed at 10 o'clock, you know, I'm like pulling my fingers off my keyboard or, you know, I stop leaving messages or writing things or doing other pieces. You know, I'm like, oh, I have, 
I should go to bed now, you know, because I'm, because I'm going to wake up at five to get on the, you know, on the bike and start over again. So yeah, it's hard and I love it. Awesome. Awesome. And I heard in there, you said, oh, I've always wanted to do this since high school. So let's kind of go back to junior high, high school. Sounds like okay. you always wanted to be this, but I don't think you were always this. So give us a little rundown about, you know, what you wanted to be, but then what you decided to be. Yeah. I, I, I loved photography in high school. My grandparents owned a camera store before I was born. So I, and I'm the oldest grandchild. So I would, you ask these family questions. I'm like, so it all, you know, I'm the oldest grandchild. So my grandfather, there's, you know, thousands of pictures of me um, from the moment I was birthed until, you know, until probably I moved away. Um, and so when I was in high school, I, I took an art class. I had to take an art class and I took photography and I fell in love. I took every photography class I could. I went to college and I had, I was telling someone the other day, I, I'm not kidding. I probably had 16 majors. Uh, I went to the university of Illinois and, um, I love, I took every photography class that I could, but it just didn't seem like a real thing, like a job that I could be a photographer. Um, I got a degree in journalism. Okay, and here's the interesting thing. In college, I worked as a photographer and I made great money. Like I was making at the time, you know, like 50 or 60 bucks an hour, which 50 or 60 bucks an hour now for a college student isn't bad. But um, yeah, I photographed sorority and fraternity parties. And then Right after college, I worked for one of the most prestigious portrait studios in the city of Chicago. And then I got married and I moved to Colorado Springs. My first husband was in the army and I was like, I gotta get a real job. And I got a sales job. So that was the beginning of the evolution, but I've had a passion for, for photography, yeah, forever. But you didn't think it was a real job. You were making money. You were doing it in Chicago, but then you moved to Colorado Springs and instead of looking for another studio or another way to keep going, you don't, you're like, oh, I need to get a real job. So tell us a little bit about your mindset there. Yeah. Well, my mindset was, is that's an artist kind of job and that, and, and my parents very well intentioned were like, that's not really a, I mean, they never said that. You know, but what I thought is that wasn't really a job. Like that was, that was fun. Ironic. Too, fun, right? too fun to be a job. <laughs> too fun to be a job. And that's how I feel now. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, so I got a job in sales and, and that served me very well. I did very well. Um, yeah. And fast forward. Well, you can ask some more questions because yeah. <laughs> I could, yeah. What were you selling? I mean, sales jobs are, you know, you don't, you didn't have any sales experience, did you? I did not. Few and far between, um, or they're, they're a dime a dozen and lots of different kinds. So this is back again, back in the day, I was selling long distance phone service, long distance phone service. It was right after the breakup of the baby bells. And there were all of, or the bell, the bells, I guess, the big bells became the baby bells. And I sold long distance phone service to corporate clients, to businesses in Colorado Springs and, you know, tried to get them the best value and 
you know, I analyzed their phone bill. And like I said, I did really well. <laughs> so you, uh, did you just kind of luck into the job or did you know someone who worked there? Or? I did know somebody. I, <laughs> I met somebody in a New Year's Eve party. And then she, uh, <laughs> she's like, well, call me next week. And I called her and I got the job. Wow. Well, you know what they say is who you know. It's who Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So then they trained you and then, you know, did they give you sales training and obviously the telecom kind of training and all of that? Yes, sales training and yeah, technical training and all of that kind of thing. And I went out and I, you know, looked through the phone book and I would drop in on offices or I would call people and try to set up appointments. Can I look at your phone bill and see if we can, you know, serve you better and you can have just as good a service? Yes. Okay, let's do that. Well, and we've met a lot of people. Your extroverted personality, your risk-taking personality, I'm guessing you didn't, you didn't really shy away from any of that. You know, it wasn't like no. you were worried that they were going to say no or that you were bothering them or anything like that. You exactly. just marched in and, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. So what, what made you decide to leave sales then? So the company got sold and then I, I started to work in another job doing sales and that was an interesting product so it was color microfiche do you remember microfiche from the oh, library yeah. way yeah. back uh-huh so yeah, way back so there was this company in colorado springs that decided to purchase a color microfiche and their company and they targeted working with libraries and government and it was going to be the new latest and greatest thing and um there was a lot there were a lot of growing pains in that company they nobody really had a lot of it I, I probably had the most sales experience there and I was you know right out of college and had worked for three years <laughs> in this other company um and and then I got pregnant with my daughter and I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to take a little break for a while, which was kind of terrifying. You know, I thought, oh, I'm going to lose my independence. You know, just all these things went through my mind as a young woman thinking, well, what, is, what does this mean? And how am I going to do this? And like I mentioned, my ex-husband was in the army. So it was just, it was a time and a place that that felt like the right thing to do yeah okay well with him yeah. being in the army and, and was there always the um the thought that at some point you might be moving again or yes you know, and that mm -hmm. you're gonna have to relocate and so that's got to be hard from yes. a, from your career perspective then not only as a new mom but also well how many roots do you want to put down Exactly. And um, in fact, he got transferred to South Korea. And so I moved back to Chicago with my parents and then he got out of the military. So that was the end of that. But you're absolutely right. There was this like, okay, and where are we going next? So yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of a real transient kind of career. Um, yes, on the spouses, absolutely. I think it becomes very hard always starting over and, and uh, starting fresh in a new place. Wow. Yeah. And so, it takes a really special person. So I would say uh, to uh, that, you know, saluting those spouses of military is, you know, it, it really does take 
it's it's challenging. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you support the person who's not there, maybe who then ended up overseas, and then you're in a city you didn't really pick, and yeah, with maybe not as many friends, and yeah, it can be challenging. So you now have a baby. You're in Chicago. What what's next then? Do you you mentioned? Let's have another, another one. <laughs> yeah so again I stayed at home uh, yeah until my daughter my oldest was five so I was home for five or six years and then I um I, I remember this so clearly so we uh we moved to Indianapolis because my ex-husband got a job there uh he had finished up a master's degree after a few years and um I was out cutting the lawn and if you've ever lived in the Midwest in the summer and you've been, it's hot and humid. And so I was out cutting the lawn in my bikini as I always did. <laughs> and uh, the phone rang. I had applied for a position at Butler University and um, I'd applied in this college of business and they're like, well, we're from the admission office and we see that you're looking for part-time work. Would you be interested in this job? Would you be interested in interviewing for this job? And, you know, Kathy, your point going back to, I was like, sure, <laughs> you know, that I'm a risk taker that I, you know, like, sure, I'll try things. So I went in and I interviewed for this job and it was fantastic. I ended up working there for five or six years and the, um, vice president of the division at the time, they would allow full-time employees to have tuition remission. So if I wanted to earn a degree, an, an advanced degree, um, they would pay for it if I worked full-time, but I was working part-time. And my vice president that I worked for went to bat for me and I had my tuition paid for and I got a master's degree in school counseling because I was working in admission and loved helping young people figure out what they wanted to do um, while they were in college. And I thought, I want to help people younger when they're in high school and help them have that dream and see a future for themselves, see something different for themselves, for their lives. So, Wow, that's awesome. Well, you know, that's yeah. part of why I started this podcast is for young people. Because I got to say, when I was in high school, and keep in mind, this is a while back, you know, it's the 80s. Um, early 80s, I don't feel like I ever met with a counselor or an advisor or anything to help me with, well, this is your, you know, here's some, some aptitude tests you could take, or here's some personality tests or any of that to help me with, oh, maybe you should think about sales or science or teaching or engineering or whatever, or accounting or business, none of that. And so I remember my mom just saying we went to a career night and she's like, well, we make too much money to get financial aid, but we don't make enough money to pay for your college. So you're not going to college. So, you know, oh, well, we'll oh, wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. And neither parents had gone to college. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll just get a job. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's, it's, so I, I think of young people today and they have so many more resources and parents who have done this and gone through it. And, and I, I wish I'd had more of that available to me. And I wish someone just wanted to just give me a little bit of encouragement one way. Uh, all I, you know, what I did is I could type. So I went and got a typesetting job and uh, it was at night. So I thought that was a good idea because then I could hang out with my friend Lori during the day who had a pool in her backyard. Oh, um, I heard this on your, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
And I'm like, well, this is a good idea. And then I didn't think about it. I needed to sleep in there some way. But uh, so that didn't last very long, uh, that job. So, well, I mean, the night job. That job actually lasted about six years and it launched me into leadership and management roles, you know, working my way up as a foreman and then a supervisor and stuff. But um, yeah, the night shift didn't work. That's not, not good. Yeah, the night shift, that's, that's but, hard. Anyway, so, so then you can become a high school counselor and then really help influence people. So you got your master's yes. and then did you move into that kind of a role then or did something else? I did. Surprise I you? did. So I started working at a junior high. I was working at junior high and then I moved to Colorado uh, and I worked in a middle school. And uh, I like to say I was in middle school and junior high for seven years. <laughs> and um, then I got a job at the high school, really, you know, that, that with that idea of really helping. And, and at that time, even, you know, we helped kids with career aptitude and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, and it was great. And I, so I worked in middle school and then I worked in a high school. I worked in uh, the high school then for, my whole career was close to 20 years as an educator. Actually, it was over 20 years if you count the higher education piece. And um, I loved it. I loved working with kids. I loved working with the staff. You know, there was this very diverse um, working with kids who were struggling and then also working with kids on their college and career piece, like you were saying, Kathy. And um, I loved it until I didn't anymore. Uh oh, just, it just, was it a burnout situation or? You know, it was not a burnout situation. We had a change in administration and the administration did not have the same values as the administration previous. And um, it was not a healthy environment. So I, I like to say that it was the push and the pull. It was the push that I'm like, I mean, I, I had done this now in this district and I was very close to, you know, the golden number of years that I can get my retirement and, you know, get whatever amount that I was going to get. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. Uh, so I quit that. And a few years prior to that, I had dipped my toe into a photography business. And it was a very, uh, maybe it was my ankle, maybe it was my whole foot got in. <laughs> but, um, you know, not as much about the business part or the, um, you know, really what it's like to run a business. And I always, always knew I would love working as a photographer. What I didn't realize is that I would love the business side of it. I mean, I love the business side of, because there's the craft and then there's the business and, and bringing those two together to really have an, and then there's that interpersonal piece, you know, bringing that together to really have an impact and make a difference for people. I just, it's, yeah, I'm living the dream. Awesome. It's so cool to hear you and see you when you kind of light up when you talk about uh, how it all came together for you. So, so you kind of, you're like, I, I need to leave the school, had been doing a little bit of photography on the side. So, you know, was there finally one push that said, I'm doing it? Or, you know, what was there was, trigger? there was a push. And that push was my son. Remember, I talked about that like way a long time ago. 
my son, um, after he graduated from college, enlisted in the United States Army to serve as an Army Ranger. And he was being deployed to Afghanistan. So combat duty, uh, battle, you know, I mean, he, he was going into, and I think this was the second time that he was being deployed. And um, my principal said to me, you know, he didn't have a choice of when he, he had a choice, he enlisted, he made a decision to do that, but he didn't have a choice of, oh, it's not like he's coming home for, you know, spring break or planning his vacation. He was getting deployed to go fight in a war overseas. And he had X number of days. And I told my principal that I was going to need that time off. And she was like, well, I'll let you do it this time. But in the future, you can't take time off during our very busy time. And I'm like, okay, if you've ever worked as a school counselor, there's always, it's always a very busy time. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Because I'm like, I, I, I realized that I was in this, I was like on this hamster wheel. And I mean, I, I didn't like walk out of the door that day. I waited till the end of the year. This was springtime. Um, and I didn't go back. Mm, so you, you left last day of school. And did you know last day of school at that time? Were you already starting? The, Not yet. No, I was, I had things in the works, um, but I was not, you know, I was not certain of exactly what was going to come and how that was going to happen. So, yeah. Wow. So did you, um, you probably had to get your mind around that photography is not a real job, right? To start yeah. again. I mean, so what did, you know, so what did you do for that summer then to get ready? Besides spend time so, with your son, probably. <laughs> or maybe that was in the spring. Actually, he was already gone at that point. Oh. I mean, he had, seriously, he had like four days home. Just four? Is I, all you were asking for time off? Oh, yeah. I wasn't asking. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this wasn't like, you know, two weeks or 10 days. I four days. Wow. No. Yeah. Four days at the most. It was not even, it was not a full week. Yeah. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Yeah, so over the summer and then even the following fall, I thought, well, maybe I'll go back in January. Um, but I found a mentor who is incredible, who I'm still, I still work with her now. She's a photographer, an international award-winning photographer. Actually, now I am also an international award-winning photographer. And I have... Um, I've just, I've found the way to make it a business that matches my values and my vision for what I want for myself, as well as for my clients. And that is like, like when I say that, I just get like, I feel the spark, you know? Yeah. So how'd you find the mentor? And then how did you find this way? Because so there, I got to say, when I started as a solopreneur, you know, you, you hire a coach to help with this and people to help. And there's all this coaching on what you should do and how to do things. And so finding your own way and your own values and how to make it all work is a really tough go. Yes, it is. <laughs> and actually, I found the mentor. Actually, this is how it happened. My son was deployed for 
90 or 120 days to Afghanistan. And then he came home, he went back to his uh, post at Fort Benning in Georgia and his time in the military was up. Uh, and so he went to Chicago, which is where my parents lived, still live at the time, but they lived there at the time. And so I met him in Chicago because he had his car and we drove back from Chicago back to Fort Collins. And I had read in the Professional Photographers Association magazine about this photographer in Iowa. And so I called her and I said, my son and I are driving through, can we just stop? And, you know, can I talk to you for, so we stopped and I talked to her for like an hour. She's the one who recommended this mentor. So that, I mean, like, that's kind of random. Very, very <laughs> random. And it involved a phone call and picking up the phone and not LinkedIn or not a website or. <laughs> so yeah, there was, I, nobody even used that. I mean, that was not even a thing really. Yeah. You, know, you, weren't, you weren't calling, hooking up on LinkedIn or not hooking up, but, you know, connecting yeah. on LinkedIn. But yeah, it was through the professional organization, the Professional Photographers Association. And then, um, yeah, she just said, sure, come by when we'll talk. And then she recommended the mentor that I have now. She said, oh, it sounds like this is a person who you would connect with. And I've been working with her ever since. Yeah. Did she introduce you to that person or did she just give you the number and kind of said, you know, you reach out and do the cold call? She did. So it was uh, um, the, at the time it was, so this was in 2017. Um, the, this mentor has an, had an online platform and she still does. So she said, just look her up and, you know, but it wasn't like I connected through LinkedIn or Facebook or any social thing like that. It was, I just went to her platform and I saw some of the work that she was doing and I'm like, okay, I'm signing up. I'm in. Yeah, it's been, it's, you know, but it's interesting because until you brought it up, I guess I didn't really realize that it was that risky, but yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, because you look at a lot of people and they're like, whoa, I would never reach out to an international award-winning photographer or, you know, I mean, when you're new to a craft, you're, oh, I got to get something under my belt. For, I mean, you probably have all these stories. We talk, we talk ourselves out of all of our yeah. fabulousness, yeah. you know? But you just kind of back to your cold calling days. Well, I'm just going to call her and see what. <laughs> Driving through Iowa. What the heck? So I'll, I'll say this thing to you. My dad always said, and he still does. He's like, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. Yep. You know? It's a given. It is a given. Yeah. 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 So you work, you start talking to the mentor, working with the mentor. Does she yeah. coach you on like the business side as well as the artistic and photographic side or everything? Everything. Sales, marketing, lighting, posing. You know, you, you can't even imagine all of the things that go into a photo shoot. Just like, you know, when you're starting a business, you don't even know what you don't know. Um, and she, all of it all of it. So. And was she here in Colorado? I mean, was this logistically, you know, someplace where you could be with her or? Nope. She was in LA and I went out to LA several times to workshops with her and she has an online platform. So that's where I got lots of the education, lots of the training. Yeah. So did you pay her then for this mentorship? Yes. Or, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. okay. I wasn't sure if it was uh, just, she was uh, 
you know, looking for either a, a you know, protege or, you know, how that all worked out. No, I paid, I paid her and still pay her. Yeah. And um, one of the things that another one of my mentors that I work with now says, she said, you know, you need coaching and you need mentors and you're going to pay for it one way or the other. So you can learn it by yourself the hard way, you know, like we do, you know, looking on YouTube videos and, you know, now you don't even know what, because there's so much out there, but um, yeah. So you're going to pay for it either by taking a really long time to launch, or you're going to pay somebody so that you can have access to their knowledge and their skills. And I think that's, I think it's wise. So that's very wise. That's the route I've taken. In fact, the coach, that was exactly what the business coach that set up my website, all my tools and process and all that. I talk about her quite a bit. I interviewed her for the podcast too, was one of the things she said on her website was you can, you can go do this yourself and figure it out. They're free stuff, but here's the 19 things that I'll help take you through. And then once I got to like the fourth thing, I'm like, Oh geez. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. you figured out trial and error, this and that. And then you're probably like, yeah, how long is it going to take me versus she had me up and running in 90 days. I was like, what? yes. And I went from zero, no name, just an idea. I, 90 days I was up and running and selling. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. When you, when you pay for expertise, I, I highly recommend that. I'm always looking at, well, what are the things that I'm in, I can become an expert at or that I'm good at and I, I shouldn't want to do. And then what are those things that I really need to outsource? Yeah, because we, we want to work in our zone of genius, not even just our zone of excellence. Like let's stay in our zone of genius as much as we can. So did she help you then with mindset? Because we, we still haven't found out how did you overcome the mindset about it? Oh, this isn't a real job. But yet now yeah. you talk about it. You're like, I make more money than I was making. I'm in my zone. I, I love it. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She did. She talks a lot about mindset and, you know, getting through fear and, you know, what to do you know, and, and kind of how to kick it to the curb and realize it's going to come back at every level, you know, different things are going to come up and, and how to overcome those obstacles. Absolutely. And, and I worked as a school counselor, you know, I have this fascination with human, uh, not development, but human behavior. So a lot of it is, is stuff that I have loved and studied already. I'm like, oh, I can use this on myself. Oh, I got to use this on myself you know, and, and having, and having smart people around me that I trust, um, that, I mean, that's huge too. I'm like, am I on target here? You know, is this right? You know, I'll say to my husband, is this, he's like, yeah, Julie, you, yeah. So, yeah. Very cool. And I, and I like how you brought up that it'll come back. Uh, uh, you, you know, you kick it to the curb and you're feeling good and you feel that burden relieved of whatever fear or or um, negativity maybe that's holding you back. And then you enter into a new thing and all of a sudden you have that mind swell again. And uh, yeah, it is funny how it comes back at different levels. Exactly. I think, well, I thought, I thought I was done with that. How come it keeps coming back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a different level. Yeah, new risks, new opportunities, a new way for it to go. Oh no, you're still not good enough in your own mind, right? <laughs> exactly. Like you're a rock star in your own bedroom. You're, you're you're not good enough in your own mind. You know, same same thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a rock star in my car. Oh, Singing, nice. Belting it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until then, someone's with me, and I'm like, whoa, maybe I need to dial it down a little bit. <laughs> they yeah, may not think yeah. I'm as quite a rock star as I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
So Julie, now you've been, how long have you been doing uh, photography? And tell us a little bit. So are, do you specialize in, in headshots? Do you specialize in portraits? What kind of give us a little sense of that? Well, I've been doing photography, like I said, since I was in high school. I mean, it's seriously been a passion of mine. Um, and I started my business in 2017. And I specialize in headshots and personal branding, really helping entrepreneurs show the world who they are, you know, really. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not a secret. I used to hate to say it because I'm like, oh, I don't want to put that negativity out there. Well, it's out there. So I'm going to say it. Women hate being photographed. Women hate being photographed. And if you're a woman and you're in business, you need to have a collection of pictures that you can put out on social media. So you're not thinking of like, oh, what am I going to take a selfie of me doing today? Where am I, you know, my office is a mess. you know, I don't like my mom. So that's what I do. I, I have this um, brilliant branding experience that I, work with uh, female entrepreneurs mostly and create a library of images that you know can last them a whole year and they're gonna look and feel incredible and they're gonna that's gonna translate to what they're putting out in the world. And it's it's almost good. It's almost what? I'm sorry. Well it's taking that that piece from my days as a school counselor and saying, you know, what what is it that you want to be? Who is it that you want to be? How do you want to see yourself? What does that look like for you? And then reflecting that back through the lens. And you know, that it's all done with posing and lighting. And you know, I, I go through a very detailed consultation experience with them and styling and you know, makeup, I work with a professional makeup artist. So there's a lot, there's a lot of pieces of it to really help women, help us embrace the powerful, beautiful things that we have to offer in the world. Well, and you're right, there's a lot of pieces than the expertise that you bring, because you can tell people who have professional headshots and those who don't. And, um, and then yeah. you can tell the ones that are professional headshots are like 10 years ago. And you're like, wait a minute, when I met you, that's not quite, you know, I thought you well, were you like that. Really re I heard something really recently that I was like, wow, I, I had never put it this way. I was at a uh, speaking engagement and the woman is a professional speaking coach. And she said, if you haven't had a headshot in the last year or two, she said, you're lying to the people that you're that you're going to get up on stage and speak in front of and if you have a an old headshot that's that's lying to the people because you look different you are different and that's not a good way to get up on a stage because when you get up on a stage people need to trust what you're saying yeah and i was like oh that is true i haven't thought of it that way but it's yeah. true it's misleading and there's a preconceived notion of what you're going to look like or um, how you how you're going to be right and then yeah there could be a letdown to that so wow very interesting well julie i could probably keep chatting with you and asking you all kinds of questions about this uh, as that's uh, definitely how we roll isn't it Kathy? yeah it's totally how we did last week when we talked so yeah we do need to start wrapping up so i do i do have two wrap-up questions uh so if we'll start with the first one which is when you look back now on your career, uh, what do you think has served you best? You know, it could be a strength, 
personality trait, maybe a habit or a discipline, what, what served you best? Well, I would say courage. And, and when I say courage, um, I read somewhere years ago that the word courage uh, comes, is connected with the French word for heart, cur, and courage comes from the heart. And so following my heart into what I really know and believe to be true has been served me very well. Wow, I love that. I had not heard that definition before. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, second follow-up question is, or wrap-up question, I guess not a follow-up. Um, any words of wisdom that have impacted you, either that, you know, impacted you and got you maybe unstuck or moved forward and inspired, or maybe that you used to help inspire others? Well, there's the one that I mentioned already from my dad. You know, if you don't ask, the answer's always no. So ask for what you want. And the other one is, um, it's often attributed to Nelson Mandela, but it's from Marianne Williamson. And what, it, what she says is when we let our own light shine, we give others permission to do the same. And I believe that for me as working as a photographer is the way that I let my light shine. I empower women to be seen and to live their biggest dreams and their best life. And I want others to do the same. And I want them to see themselves as they truly are, because we have this thing that I'm not this, or I'm to this, or I'm to that. And you're actually just perfect the way you are. So I love, I love helping people to see that in themselves. Wow. So your light shines on others. Uh, as well as you let your light shine. I mean, that's that's a perfect, perfect closure, I think, to our our time today. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, I hope that our paths continue to cross as we've been talking. Um, that, you know, this light and shining and seeing others the way and having them to step into their big way. I got to tell you, that's as a solopreneur, it's hard to do that when you put yourself out there sometimes to step into it big and bold. It is. Um, and, you know, we tend to play small and uh, now maybe I'm revealing a little bit of my own self. So anyway, I'm not here <laughs> well, I think, but I think that's why we have good people around us. And, you know, Kathy, like this podcast, this is gold for people who are like, oh, yeah, I, I can, you know, whatever the X, Y, or Z is. So thank yeah. you for having me on and thank you for doing this and sharing sharing your light in this way it's so oh. beautiful well thank you you're right I guess I, I'm also shining my own light too so yeah thank you for that acknowledgement we're both shining on others and uh see how others then can relate to these stories so thank um, you so much for sharing your story today thank you it's great to be here and listeners, if you enjoyed today's interview please subscribe below and you'll be alerted as other interviews are published. And if you have any questions for me or for Julie, you can find me and then I'll post her information on my website as well on lifestorycurator.com. That's my website. And I'll post this interview as a blog as well as post her social media. So you can comment, ask questions, reach out to her, etc. So on that note, I'll say stay safe, stay well, and let's keep sharing those stories. Have a great day.